welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast brought to you by Crack Rackets. My name's Alex Gruskin. Joining me on this podcast, as always, my doubles partner, partner in crime, and second favorite teammate of all time, Max, no, first favorite Oh, come on, just because the, this <laughs> Max is ridiculous. Rothman. Hey, great shot. I had to cut you off because just because <laughs> Fleegs is on the phone, that is ridiculous. Well, you ruined my surprise. We have a big surprise for all of our listeners today. Joining us on the podcast for maybe the third time since we've been a part of Crack Rackets, third, fourth, our super producer, Dartmouth men's tennis player, and either the first or second best teammate I've ever had, Max Fliegner. Hey. Great shot. Welcome back to the podcast, Max. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I'm going to be very eloquent today. I'm, I'm not used to having to do anything other than cut out your... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You have been relegated to your producer role. Emphasis on relegated. Yeah. It's only fair. <laughs> For sure. And joining us today, as well as Max, we have two of his teammates from Dartmouth. We have Charlie Broom. Charlie, hey, great shot. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. I hope Max doesn't bother you too much. Nah, no. Yeah, you know, I ask him all the time, like, hey, can you share this with your teammates? Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they'll uh, want to come on the podcast. So let me just say it is a pleasure to have you guys. Yeah, no, thanks for having us. This should yeah. be good fun. Absolutely. And also joining us, we have the number three singles and also a sophomore for Dartmouth, Dave Hornheffer. Dave, hey, great shot. Welcome to the pod. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. It's a pleasure. And, you know, just so you guys are aware, you know, we want to have you guys on because we are huge fans of college tennis. And it's something we always talk about being, you know, one of our favorite viewing experiences as fans of tennis. And so to get to talk to you guys, talk about your experiences as student athletes, you know, talk about your junior careers, what led you to college tennis. And then we have some fun questions planned for you guys as well. So that'll be our plan today. But we'll start with you, Charlie. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background with tennis? Um, yeah, so I started playing when I was like pretty much like two, three years old. I live like very close to like tennis courts from um, my my mom and dad. Sort of never really pushed me towards tennis, but I, you know, picked up a racket and used to hit against the wall all the time. So that's kind of how it started. But I guess growing up until like maybe ten or eleven, I was playing a lot of soccer uh cricket other other sports and then it was when i was like 11 that i decided to to yeah no, it's <laughs> great, yeah obviously man jeez and then uh at like 11 i started to take tennis a lot more seriously and then yeah from there just played you know through through juniors uh until 18s and then yeah i was looking at colleges and and thought Dartmouth was was the one so that's sort of where i came from really so uh so why did you choose dartmouth over all the other potential schools i mean there was like a number of reasons i think the the quality of academics you know speaks for itself um but something that dump three stood out was the coaches and the teammates i think some of the other schools that i'd visited at um they just didn't have that same sort of connection um i got on really well with both uh chris Drake, the head coach and tom boyson uh the assistant that was like one of the big reasons as well so yeah i think you know the the facilities are great uh and then academics and and sort of the whole package really honestly it was just everything combined into one is why why I came. Sweet, yeah. I mean that that sounds like sounds like you made the right decision. Was yeah. there was there ever a consideration in in going pro, or is there still a consideration? Is that something that you've thought about? 
Uh, I mean, when I was like, I mean, the way that like the UK academic system works, like it's kind of important to take your exam, like big exams when you're 18. So like until that point, I would maybe considered it, but probably wasn't a reality. And then at 18, there was probably an option for me to go pro then. Um, but I just decided to continue sort of with the, the academics and thought that was important, you know, getting a serious injury, you know, it can happen and having a good degree to fall back on was certainly something that I I wanted to do and wanted to have. So, yeah, I guess, you know, once college finishes, yeah, there's there's definitely that possibility. And, you know, I'd like to like to try, if possible, to, <coughs> to play professionally for, you know, a year or two and see how things go. But, you know, I, with the with the knowledge that I've got a great degree to, to fall back on. Awesome, yeah. And, uh, and Dave, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background with tennis as well? Yeah, so my background's kind of similar to Charlie, minus the cricket, where I, uh, <laughs> where my parents got me into it really early. They're both tennis fanatics, kind of. Um, and then I've been playing tennis ever since. I kind of specialized in it starting my freshman year of high school, um, dropped all the other sports, and then, yeah, just started doing a little better in tournaments, figured I wanted to play college tennis, and here I am. For sure. Can you tell us a little bit about your recruiting process? What would that what that was like? You know, what schools were you looking at? Yeah. So, um, honestly, I wasn't really considering Dartmouth that much until I actually visited it, um, which was kind of weird. But I was also looking at you know. You some fell big in love with schools. Hanover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I uh, like Charlie. I just like the coach a lot, and I like the team. Minus Max, <laughs> he he kind of sucks, but uh, retweet. <laughs> yeah, but I just had like a really a really enjoyable visit here. Um, I played in a little little tune up tournament, which they which we always host at the start of the winter, and I I played really well there, which might have uh, factored into the decision, but yeah, I don't know. I just really clicked with the guys, so. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you guys all being Dartmouth players obviously had good experiences on your recruiting trips there. Can you talk to us what that was like? Because I'm sure Fliegner was there for both of yours. And, you know, did you guys, you and Dave and Charlie, do it together? Actually, one funny thing from my trip was uh, Boyson said that, you know, like we have this other other freshman coming in. His name's Dave, David Hornfern. Like, you should speak to him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so... Boyson just hands me the phone and it's Dave on the other end of the line and I was oh, like no way. I, I was yeah no it was insane <laughs> so I I walked outside of our tennis center and I was speaking to Dave I couldn't tell you one thing that was like meaningful from that conversation I think I literally just said how are things going and then after like 5 minutes I put the phone down Yeah honestly <laughs> I I was so I was so awkward in that was, I had no idea what I was supposed yeah, to tell this kid cuz he hadn't committed yet so I was kind of like recruiting Yeah as like a early senior in high school <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> yeah it was it was kind of funny but yeah looking back i guess yeah maybe dave was the influence then i don't know yeah <laughs> did uh did fleegs bring any girls to the to the recruiting visit and meet any hot ladies no <laughs> no. no no girls no girls on this team come on fleegs uh, it was all about the tennis all about the tennis. Uh, we're, we're all business. <laughs> Strictly. All business. Straight, Strictly business. Strictly yeah. business. Well, you know, Fliegner, you are the producer, and so people are familiar with you who listen to this podcast, but, you know, we don't want to leave you out. So talk about your decision, what it was like choosing Dartmouth, your recruitment process, the whole the whole deal. Well, I can't say that mine's going to differ a whole lot from theirs, but I was um, considering 
mostly Ivies. You know, I'm I'm a little bit of an elitist, so <laughs> which which you know, but um, yeah, no, I was considering really Michigan Northwestern, um, and then mostly Ivies minus Columbia. Um, I won't say anything about Columbia, but. <laughs> I no, I mean in reality it was just because I w- didn't want to be in the city, um, and so long story short, it kind of came down to Brown and Dartmouth, and really what pushed me to Dartmouth was kind of the same thing. It was the coaches, um, like Chris and Tom, or but well, actually Tom wasn't there. Tom wasn't here yet, but it was Chris. Like I had met with him a number of times, and you know I really liked where the program was going, um, and so you know, kind of all things being equal. I decided on Dartmouth. Last recruiting question, and then we'll move on to our first gimmick. But I have to ask, how is Coach Drake as a recruiter? This is your shameless plug. Why should kids come to Dartmouth? Oh, my, oh our shameless plug. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you're all staring at each other is, is like even right plug? now, just like, what are we going to say? <laughs> yeah, no, Drake. Drake's a great recruiter. I mean, and actually... <laughs> Like I, I feel like Tom does most of the recruiting now. Yeah, Tom does a lot. Tom, of Tom, Tom's, Tom's actually your a big. Assistant? Yeah, Tom's our assistant. He, I feel like he's a big draw for a lot of guys, especially because like the guy knows sports probably better than the back of his hand. So he just like pretty much talks sports with like all the recruits and every and people just love him. And I mean, and then you know, for Drake, it's like I, know, I think he gives the same impression to most people that he gave to me. Like very ambitious coach, you know knows what he wants and I think the combination of like Tom just kind of you know being a good coach but also like a clown yeah yeah, he's a clown and he's awesome and then Drake obviously being the really ambitious and like but also a very like nice guy but um yeah can't finish a sentence to save his life and neither can I well the best part is he can just edit it all out so he sounds so much better it's his trick Yeah. yeah uh but okay this brings the us advantage to... of being the producer. <laughs> exactly. I can make myself sound better and make you sound. <laughs> you got a lot of power in your hands. I was going to say, well, don't do that because I have a first gimmick I want to do and Fligner cue the gimmick sound effect. So on the great shot podcast, we do a trivia segment on most of our shows. I have trivia about all of your junior backgrounds. And one of my theories is that in tennis, just because all of the matchups are individual, you remember all of your losses that much better because, you know, it was against one person in all of these tournaments, you're playing head to head against people. So you just remember their names. And I like to see, you know, which matches stick with players. So I have some fun questions prepared. I like that. Yeah, so we're going to start with you, Dave, and we're going to go back to the 2015 WIAA State Individual Tennis Tournament. Oh, God. You have a top-seeded 20-0 junior named David Hornheffer looking for revenge. What happens in the state finals? Okay, so I... All right, yeah, this year... This was the year I lost to Jake Van Emberg, I think. Um, Was (laughs) that it? That's correct. Can you remember the score? I think it was uh, five and one or one and yeah five and one. It it was indeed seven five six one. And can you remember what happened in the second set? What what you told the press? This is from oh the, I think I had a little I had a little back injury. It there. was a back <laughs> tweak indeed. That's what it's reported. Horneffer who tweaked his back in the second set against no, Fernando. but but I believe that I I said that it didn't really impact the match. Because <laughs> I was already down at the time. But, well, well, once you, you mentioned know. the tweak, you're kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
probably would have come back there. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. No, that was that one. That was a tough. That was a tough one. Oh, for can you remember who you beat the two rounds before? We'll start with your round of sixteen. Okay. He was a uh, sophomore from Wausau West. Oh, I don't know anybody from Wausau West. Oh, I, I remember, Sean Bailey. I remember the quarters and the semis. I think. Okay. So, oh, there is. Yeah. Okay. So let's go with those then. So you played Sean Bailey in the round of sixteen. Then who was the quarters? Wait, actually. I don't think I do remember. I played Jack Dykema in the semis. It was John Massert in the quarters. Oh, okay. Of Marquette. But okay, that's number one. We'll move on, and we're going to do a couple for each of you. So, Charlie, Max, don't get restless. I promise we're coming back to you. The last one we're going to do for you is a title you won. This is the USTA Midwest L1 Fall Close Championships, November 2015. Can you name the semis and finals? Uh, semis was Lucas Greif and finals was Joey Thomas. That's correct. And do you remember your scores for the bonus Lucas points? Was, Lucas was three and three. That's right. And Joey was like two and one or something. Jo- one and two. We'll count it. One and two. All right. I like it. Ending strong. But yeah, so well done. You had a fun junior career. Yeah. <laughs> remember yeah, the wins. Thanks for bringing up some I of those. I was going to uh... say, clearly we remember it more fondly than you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks for bringing up some of those losses. Those were nice. Oh, those are the best ones. Just wait till we get to Charlie's. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Fleegs, this this is a little trivia for you. So we're right. we're looking at the the Midwest Junior Close Outdoor Championships in what year is this? My God, outdoor championships. Oh man. Yeah, it, this is this is a while back. This is a tournament that you ended up losing in the finals. Who did you lose to? This is 2010. I think so. Oh, Jesus. Uh, wait, hold on. No, it is 2010. I know. I, I promise you I wrote the trivia. It's 2010. This is the first tournament we met. Oh, wait. You're talking about the Midwest close? Yeah. Dude, Aaron Hiltzik lost four and three. <laughs> nice. That's a nice call. How could I forget that? Who, who'd you beat in the semis? Samir Kumar, three and zero. Nope, four and one, but that that was close. <laughs> Giving myself a little little too much credit there. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus point. Who'd you play doubles with? I've t- I've asked you this. Uh, Sam Hoagland. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Move on to the next. Sorry. God, that was so long ago. Jesus. All right, please. And now now we're looking at your state finals round. <laughs> Do them all. Start quarterfinals up. Does Start the quarterfinals and see if you can name all of your matches. Uh, I I can't. I can only <laughs> name the finals. And only because Alex was just standing on the sidelines <laughs> himself. <laughs> all right, so Dude, how can you forget the semis? The semis is a name you should know. Uh, was it Jake Stance? No, that's that's hilarious. You beat him. You beat him in the quarter. Oh, actually, no, you didn't play him in the no, quarter. No, no, I didn't play him in that tournament. I played him. He was Cranbrook's finest. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, nah, I honestly don't remember. But it was McCormick. Jan, it was a uh, Jan Krakorovich in the final. In the, fi- in the finals. Yeah. In the final. Yeah. No, but the semis was McCormick. I can't believe you don't remember that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. Sorry. That question think... was for me. <laughs> what well, What was your score in the final? Was it um, four and five? Other way around, but yeah. Okay. 
No, we like it. All right, we're moving on to Charlie, and we'll use this as our transition to the college season because I have some fun ending questions for you, Charlie. But we'll start with your junior career because of this crew, you are the most relevant. No offense. Uh, So... We're going to do this chronologically. We're going to start at your first breakthrough result. This is July 2014, the Head Cup in Brockable, Germany. Oh, Brockable. Yeah, Brockable, Germany. Yeah. Yeah. So you made the finals of the grade four event there. Can you name who you played in the semis? Um, Joel Vincent Link, or is that quarters? No, I was Alexander Erler. Yeah, two and one. <laughs> Link was the round of 16. Erler was ah. the semifinals, and it was one and two. So I like it. One and two. We'll count it. Can you oh. name who you played in the finals and what the score was? Uh, Joseph Guillain of France. And, <laughs> of France. And second set, I think it was maybe one and six. I had set point in the second set. It was two and six. You're not giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> yeah, I kind of got smoked that first one. That was rough. Yeah, that's true. But you did get the name right, and we'll take off half a point for the score, and we'll come back to it. But all right, let's move on to your first big success. This is, of course, the Grade 4 Bellevue Junior ITF Grade 4 in Sweden. This is a tournament yeah. you won and probably put you on Coach Drake's map. Uh, <laughs> let's go first to the semifinals. Who'd you beat? Uh, that was... Uh, Jonas Eriksson Zyverts. He gets both I, names. Well <laughs> done. Yeah, Swedish guy. Yeah, I lost to him the week before, like two and two, I think. You lost two and one the week before. Yeah. Good for you. First round, and then, like, I think it was four and four in the semis. It was four and four. This Wow, I'm impressed. All right, and then in the final, who'd you have? Uh, Carl Freeberg, uh, and that was six and one. Saved a set point first set. Oh, 9-7 in that first set breaker. Well yeah, done. 7-6 s- down and 1-3 in a row. <laughs> that was <laughs> big. <laughs> That's a big. I like it. I like it. Okay, we're going to do your last junior event, and then I have one pro result for you. But so okay. let's do the Nike Junior International Queenswood. This is another grade four in your home country in Great yeah. Britain. How'd you, who'd you beat in the semifinal? Uh, Jack Malloy. That's, I that's think, correct. I think it was four and one. One and four. One and four. God, one and this, four. Is, this is impressive. He's putting you guys to shame. This is, yeah. a, this is probably <laughs> the best performance we've had yet. Miles was pretty good. But. Yeah, Miles was good. Yeah. And Miles was good, yeah. Who'd you lose to in the final? Oh, that was that was Max Stewart. That was uh, four and zero. I was up, I was up four three, and proceeded to lose every sh- like straight games after that. <laughs> it sounds like you and yeah. Max Stewart have Smashed a little a bad blood. at the end. Looked really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like That's it. That's what Chris was like. Oh, that, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. This one, this this is the guy for Dharma. Yeah. right here. Yeah. For sure. Well, all right then. My personal favorite question, although I wrote the question, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, <laughs> your first. ATP main draw point came in Rochester, New York. Yeah. Who did you beat in the round of 32? So that was uh, Josh Silverstein, and I think that was 6-3-2-6-6-2. but Silverstein's... Oh, my God, every time. Yeah. But he's (laughs) Iowa, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Thanks thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I was going to use it as our transition. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, do you remember that match? Was it a big deal getting your first ATP point? Yeah, no, it was. Um, I think it was nice being there. So, Rochester is like the home club of John Spiker. He's also he's a 21 on the team. So, 
Um, it was like nice being there and like training with him at the club. So I felt like you know pretty good going into the match. And then yeah, just managed to get the win, and that sort of helps so much. Just getting the first point is really really key. Just sort of getting in tournaments really more than anything. You know, it, I knew how much like how important it was going into the match. So definitely nervous, but you know glad I got through it in the end. Yeah, uh, that that's obviously probably an experience you'll you'll never forget. But uh, you know, bringing it back to Silverstein and, and Iowa, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your season this far. Um, yeah. If you guys can just overall, you know, give us a little rundown on how you felt the season has gone, um, kind of expectations for the rest of the season, and uh, and what you're hoping for. Yeah, I mean, oh, you want to... Yeah, so it's gone super well so far, um, with the exception of. The last weekend yeah but that was all right um yeah we started out 12 and 0 which was our best start in program history and we had some some big wins over teams like minnesota and louisville um we're able to get some redemption wins over minnesota and indiana so that was that was pretty cool um then the last weekend just had a uh, tough one against iowa there charlie had a couple couple match points <laughs> for for the match but you know, that's all right. And then lost to Old Dominion, who just played, honestly, they played nasty. But yeah, I don't know. We're sitting at 13-2 and two going into spring break, which if you told us that going into the year, we'd probably take that all day. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it's been good. Love it. No, for sure. And, you know, you guys started out the year 12-0, and 0, best start in Dartmouth history. You guys climbed up to, you know, number 14 in the polls. Uh, I guess taking it back even before that, though, going into this season, you know, is that re- is those early season results uh, a result of something you changed in your offseason work regimen? Is it just something about the team coming together? You know, what leads you guys to this early season success? No, I think it was, you know, Coach Drake and Coach Boyson, like, definitely f- not um, forced us, but, you know, they encourage us to play a lot over the breaks. You know, it's really important that, you know, we do train because um, we are actually away from college, you know, quite a lot during, you know, during the year. So I think the winter break, everyone put in a lot of effort. And, you know, it wasn't just one or two individuals. It was the whole team sort of coming together. And then I think going into this season, you know, we didn't have any expectations. We, you know, just prepared as we had been, um, you know, going into really the fall and carried that through into into January. I think the first couple of weeks of training were good and that maybe, you know, gave us a bit of confidence and played some teams that were like had the potential to beat us, but we knew that if we played well, um, we'd be able to get the wins. Um, I think really the big sort of turning point, not really turning point, but you know, catalyst really, I think was the Minnesota weekend because yeah. we lost yeah. to them last year, and I think that gave us a real big sort of confidence boost going into you know other tough matches, and then especially ECACs. You know, we we did lose to Columbia last year pretty pretty badly but <laughs> yeah this year we played played really well and actually lost every doubles point which you know is something that we're normally pretty good at and still showed great great character to come back um against Princeton when it looked like it could have the match could have went over very quickly so i think yeah those sort of key results really just gave us a lot of confidence um but we you know didn't read too much into it and just sort of kept going as we had been really i think that's that's the biggest benefit for us yeah, absolutely. And and as you were saying, just with the preparation and what you guys put in before uh, some of these big matches, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what your practice schedule is like, um, you know, the, the lifts and the types of drills you do and, and kind of what that uh, entails? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been doing a pretty, pretty like individualized practice schedule lately, I think. Um, 
So for guys who are playing singles and doubles in all the matches, maybe we go lighter during the start of the week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, ramp it up, try to get some set plays in. Um, we've been doing some, a lot of lifting, like lo- lower weights and just like preventative stuff, um, try to stay healthy because we had a lot of injury issues last year. So I think we've done a much better job with that this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think our, our practice schedule has really changed that much this year to last year. Um, I just think we're playing with a lot more confidence out there. So, No, absolutely. And, you know, in terms of Charlie mentioning the doubles point, obviously that's something you guys need to work for as a team. That's a lot of team drills, two-on-two. Is that something Coach Drake emphasizes all week, or is it something you guys only work on sparingly? Oh, I mean, we we definitely emphasize doubles because, I mean, Coach Drake was – nine what 92 in the world in doubles so i mean he obviously (laughs) he loves doubles uh yeah he'd probably rather coach that all the time but um so yeah we do we do a lot of doubles drills in there um usually on like thursday and friday leading up to matches just to stay sharp in that so definitely practice that probably more than other teams for sure. And, it, you know, in terms of team practices versus individual practices, how does that work? Is it, you know, you practice before class, it's in the morning, or is it just whenever you can get on the court? Um, I mean, most people will practice in the afternoon, have classes in the morning. That's typically how it is. But, you know, occasionally people have to take afternoon classes, which happens. So it'll just be, you know, the other way around. Um, I think, you know, we try and play between, like, 15 15 hours a week or so and then lifting as well you know sort of light lifting as well so you know it's a lot especially on top of on top of all the academic work that we have to put in so you know it's difficult but I think everyone does a good job of managing managing both the tennis and the and the school yeah um kind of kind of moving back to something you you mentioned earlier I think you said to against Minnesota you guys lost the doubles point uh, no, we, no, we won the doubles. Well, we lost uh, all the doubles points against. No, we we beat Harvard in the doubles yeah. point. Uh, but we, yeah. yeah, we lost the. Yeah, we, we <laughs> lost. Yeah, <laughs> you, <laughs> clearly you guys need to work on your doubles communication right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we lost. We had actually won every doubles point up to the ECAC tournament, and then um, we lost the doubles point to Monmouth and Princeton. Um, and then actually against Princeton, we were down a couple first sets. Um, so it actually didn't look too good. Yeah. So, you know, how important is the doubles point to you guys? Obviously, it's it's something that Alex and I look forward to more than that, the singles, right. in yeah, all honesty. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, um, I'm sh- yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, obviously, the doubles point is incredibly important. You know, it, it's not only physically, but also, you know, mentally a lot easier going into singles when you know that you only need to win three of them. Um, you know, one point obviously doesn't sound like much, but it really is, uh, because, you know, winning four out of six singles is really tough. Um, and so we do place a lot of emphasis on that, but at the same time, coach Drake really likes to, uh, keep in mind that, you know, since it's a set to six with no ad, um, the point can really turn kind of on a dime and like, sometimes you just get unlucky or the teams outplay you. So we try not to think too hard about, you know, whether we won or lost the doubles point and we just kind of take it as it comes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Charlie, Dave, you guys are obviously a doubles team together. Uh, I don't know. What do, what do you guys think about the doubles point? Is that something, you, you know, you're amped up for at the beginning of the match or is it like Max said, you know, it's something you prepare for, but you have to realize it is the long grind of a match. 
Oh, well, I think it's a bit of both. I think we're definitely we're definitely amped up for the doubles point because, I mean, it's the first thing you're doing. Yeah, I think it's the most lot. exciting part of it's college quick. tennis. Agreed. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's got, like, anything can happen out there, which is what makes it really exciting. Um, you probably see more upsets in doubles than singles. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's a lot about, like, riding riding momentum and using energy to your advantage more so than just skills. You can kind of just, like, annoy people for a little bit and then the match <laughs> is over or something like that. So that makes it pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you guys think people hook more in doubles or in singles? Oh, that's, that's a tough, tough. one. Yeah. Probably probably singles a little bit more. I think so. Because yeah. doubles you need you need to, like, be convincing. So if one person like says out and the other you one just didn't, then, yeah, then yeah. it's like the line judge might overrule you because then you just seem like a cheater if your partner isn't completely in <laughs> on it. That's me and Max. Yeah. Max hooks everyone. <laughs> oh, give me a break. Oh no, I don't. God. Hey, it's why it's why chemistry is so important. <laughs> I back him. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, you, you better. <laughs> I'll take you out. No, for sure. I mean, you know, you talk about hooking in college tennis and it really is a phenomenon i mean they don't even allow lets anymore because people weren't using that and so you know is hooking something you guys mentally prepare for going into each match or you know at this point have you just written it off that it's gonna happen and you know we just need to move on yeah i mean it's definitely something that you have to bear in mind when you're going into a match and know that that could happen at any time really um i mean one thing that we did actually kind of recently um was we were playing single sets and then at any moment drake just called like one team would either gain a point or lose a point like it was just it was random all done on a flip of a coin so you could yeah. be up like 40 30 serving and then suddenly you know the game's taken away from you pretty much you know it goes to juice and you have to have to prepare yourself for that or down break point and you lose the game straight away so you know that's just one way that you've got to try and get your head around it but ultimately ultimately it's you know it's just staying focused on on your side of the court more than what they're doing and you know, just, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Every now and then you, you maybe throw one questionable call in, but it's not it's not necessary to, like, just, you know, put the other person off or anything like that. It's just are you guys kind of Are you guys of the tennis. policy where if you get hooked, you're going to hook back? It's just non-negotiable? Uh, yeah. Is uh, that it's okay? not, it, not really. It's not, not really. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, it's definitely not like our, that's the idea. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely situational, yeah. but our first thing to do is not to hook yeah, back. Exactly. Um, yeah. If you just keep getting screwed and screwed and screwed, then then maybe. But uh, it's probably better just to refocus and try to up your level a bit. Use it as like a motivating factor to play better. No, for I sure. Think is the that's the best way to best way to approach it. That's an yeah, Ivy League answer for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, answer. it's top notch. I like it. Um, but okay, I, I do want to ask you one story, and we can keep it off the record if you guys want, but you know, I've heard rumors that some coaches tell their players, you know, get your two hooks in, and then once you're at two, you got to stop. Uh, do you know, who are your worst defenders? And we're back. <laughs> awesome. Well, we, we've got one more fun question for you. So... We, we asked this with the Michigan guys, and we're, we're going to keep this consistent. If there was to be a Hunger Games with the Dartmouth tennis team... And coaches. And coaches. This includes the coaches. Who wins? No, give us top three. Yeah, top three. 
right, all right. Top three. Um, definitely myself. <laughs> uh, Tell us why. You can't just say me. Well, I don't know. I just based think on, based on based what? based on the fact that we have a lot of really soft kids on this team. <laughs> so like, it's not it's not really a me thing. It's more just a I'm confident that I would kill Charlie, um, and probably Max and a lot of other guys. And then. Number two, have to put you definitely got to put Paul in there. He's this six foot six, like two hundred and thirty pound British dude. Guy. <laughs> British guy, just yeah. tree trunks for legs. So like, I don't know. Somebody would probably like shoot him with an arrow, and he'd just keep coming at you, and <laughs> kill them. He, he's um, District One. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a trained. He was trained as a child for this. Um, then the last one's tough. Maybe Chiro. Yeah, I maybe. Chiro. I think you gotta give it to Chiro as much yeah. as I hate to do it, because uh, he. I don't know. He says he's a really good boxer, so yeah, he maybe said, that yeah. could come into handy. Yeah, he said he's got some boxing experience. Oh, uh, I actually have heard that he that that was the that was the rumor around Wild Tennis Academy back when I was there. <laughs> oh yeah, Max Rothman's from LA. Like, he's like, oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's definitely definitely up there. I would have said. Yeah, but so Charlie, Max, what do you guys think? Is that the right list? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think overall, <laughs> uh, you're going I'm down early. Definitely not putting myself they're, they're forward. They're putting me in there. Let's yeah, go. I'm, def- I'm definitely not putting myself forward. That's that's for sure. How early is uh, Fleegs out? Fl- Fleegs, maybe I don't know. Maybe you can comment that. Fleegs is fast, but that's about all he has yeah, going but, for him. Okay, but think, consider this: the the Hunger Games starts out with a race to the to the weaponry. Yeah, but if I'm someone gets there while you're there, there you're done. And I'm. I'm going to grab a sword and just bludgeon both of you. <laughs> With your one hand? What, you're going to do a one-handed backhand sword? Like, that's just not going to work. Dude, don't you know I'm famous for my backhand slice? Dude. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, does it translate to swords as well? That was good. Yeah, I, I'd like to think so. Oh, that was really funny. All right, I'm going to ask one more fun one, and then I do want to talk about some serious goals for your Dartmouth team this season. But, you know, you guys made a switch from New Balance to Nike. Uh, how great is it? Well, I think Nike is just better than New Balance, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, and in most of the world, <laughs> objectively speaking, we have, we have some pretty sick like uh, warm ups this year, which are only possible with Nike. Yeah, kind of make us look like a basketball team. Um, but yeah, other than that, our clothes are pretty standard. I'd say nothing like super crazy or anything. Also, the shoes are really nice to have. Yeah. Nike shoes are the best. Big shout out to Nike, though. <laughs> um, all right, so back to kind of your season and, and what that's looking like. What are your goals for the 2018 season? I know I know we're about halfway through now, but uh, what are the goals for the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, a goal for us definitely right now is Ivy League title. I think that's yeah. definitely within our capabilities. We're playing well enough. Um to achieve that, and I think that's you know something that a lot of the guys on the team, you know, seniors want to want to do, and um, yeah, I definitely think that you know we can do that. And then if we were to you know be ranked you know top twenty five at the end of the year, that would be also a big achievement for us. Um, and then yeah, making the NCAA tournament, you know, that really that comes with winning the Ivy League, but you know just to make the tournament in itself is an achievement. So yeah, overall. Yeah. What about you, Fligner, Dave? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think those are definitely our big goals. Um, I'd take another step forward and say winning around in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Because I think you only have to be you have to be ranked like top forty, Is it top forty two to make the tournament. Yeah, so even if true. we didn't necessarily win Ivies, which is probably our, our number one goal, yeah. But we could still make the we could still make the tournament based on our ranking, hopefully. Um. So yeah, winning around there would be pretty pretty cool. I've told Max this, but my goal for you guys is you got to host a regional so I can come out there. So I have the excuse to come out there for the weekend. We can do this in person. It would just be so great. We'll be there if, if that happens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would expect you guys to be there. <laughs> Dude, I'm asking Coach Drake to let me be the third coach. Fuck it. <laughs> Volunteer yeah, assistant. Not? I know your guys' games. Trust me. I, I watch the live stream. Uh, oh yeah i know yeah but okay one last serious question before we do today's changeover chat uh being dart you know dartmouth is an ivy league institution and obviously the academic curriculum is much more rigorous than your average college uh if you guys could all talk about balancing the academics of dartmouth with being division one athletes because that's such a uniquely difficult experience uh because, you know, Cracked Rackets has a nice junior audience. So if you guys could elaborate on how you balance that and just making sure you put, you know, the right amount of attention on each thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, for all our Great Shot Pod fans out there, I will admit it is difficult. Um, it's not the same as high school. But, um, you know, ultimately it's made us more disciplined people overall. And, you know, it, it you kind of have to get your feet on the ground a little bit freshman year you're kind of figuring out what you want to major in and like what classes you want to take on the side apart from that and you know figuring out your your day-to-day schedule along with tennis and managing sleep and and everything and th- there are definitely some days where you know you you just have to accept that you're not going to sleep a lot but ultimately I think at least for me I'm I'm older than these guys by a couple years so I think like I have gotten into the routine where I just know like what I need to get done every single day to get the right amount of sleep. And obviously like these guys do a great job with it too, but so they can um, elaborate more on their experiences. But, you know, I think over time I've become much more disciplined. And so ultimately a very positive experience. Yeah. And, you know, shameless plug, but if you want to hear Fligner uh, give that pitch much more eloquently, go check out his article on crackedrackets.com where he talks about his time in Dartmouth. You know, Charlie, Dave, I want to hear your thoughts as well. So please. Um, Yeah. Similar to similar to Max, I think it's all just about being well organized. And like he said, just accepting that you're going to have to grind and maybe not be able to watch netflix or (laughs) something um for me it's varied a ton term to term with how like busy i am like this term i've been busy literally 100 percent of the time um and so but like last last fall for example i took some easier intro classes and i had a ton of time so um it's not i wouldn't say it's overwhelming but you definitely have to be well organized um and yeah just be willing to grind for you charlie i want to ask because you have pro aspirations you know balancing that on top of everything else as well what does that look like for your schedule yeah i mean i'm planning to play quite a few professional tournaments over the summer again um you know sophomore summer here is like quite a big thing so at the moment i'm just planning to just play the tournaments and stay in hanover and train uh, but i might have to take like some classes if 
if I don't get the necessary credit outside. But um, yeah, I mean, my personal experience being here is maybe a little bit different to Dave because I'm constantly getting f***ed with work. But um, <laughs> no, so like maybe differently to Dave, like it's tough balancing. I, I am planning to be a biochem major and there's a lot of lab work um, that goes along with that. So that's, you know, an afternoon pretty much gone um, every week. Um, and then also the, the reports that are due after that. So yeah, I think I echo what, what Fleegs and Dave are saying um, that it's about being disciplined. It's about you know having good organize good organization um, and knowing maybe when you know you can't do something that you really want to do. I mean, Netflix is one thing, yeah, <laughs> but you know just going maybe going out as much. I think that's you know something that a lot of people do here, and you know sometimes you just can't do it. So just have to be. Sometimes you can. Sometimes, <laughs> you, sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't, Dave. Right. And you should. <laughs> All right, well, f- for sure. And, you know, we want to be cognizant of your time because, like you mentioned, uh, you you are student-athletes and you have schoolwork to do, and it is your spring break, so we don't want to take up too much, again, too much more of your time. But we want to end with a segment we do on every Great Shot podcast. That's something we call the changeover chat. Fligner, cue the sound effect. It's time for this week's Changeover Chat. The Changeover Chat. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's, we, we have to do yeah, it. It's, it's just, yeah, it's standard. No, Stay on brand, right? We're trying to get sponsored. We need Nike. We're trying to switch from New Balance to Nike. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. We have a ton of fun questions for you guys just about your team dynamic because college tennis is just the one place where, you know, it tennis is purely, or at least for half the season, a team sport. And I'm very much pro team sport. I love Laver Cup, Davis Cup. And so we just want to emphasize to our fans what makes college tennis so enjoyable. We have a list of fun questions and Max and I are going to alternate through them. But Max, you take it away. All right. First question. Who's your... Well, I guess this is different for each of you, but who's your favorite doubles partner? David. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got to say that for politics. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of we have to say each other right now because otherwise it could just hurt us going forward. That's so cute. I've, I have played with Fleegs as well. Um, done better with Charlie. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm putting, I'm putting Chuck up there. Woo. What about you, Maxie? Um, if you don't say me, like that should have been the answer. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, the last time we played a set together, we, we got sucked. whacked. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, I don't know if won. I can reasonably say that. Oh, totally. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Chuck. I played. I played. <laughs> I played with Chuck last year. Um, Pete, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you. Um, but yeah, I played with Chuck last year. I think we were ranked inside the top 25 at one point, and um, we beat. Uh, Vic and Richard Pham um, of Columbia, like six one. I think that was the highlight of our uh, Ivy League season. That's together, a nice so. one. But I have to do. I have to say, I was <laughs> playing Deuce side at the time, and I fucking suck at Deuce. So <laughs> really? I'm, I'm currently playing Ad. So I don't know. It, it, it's kind of a toss up. I, I definitely like playing Ad side, but I feel like that's rare I, for I'll a one. I'll give it to Chuck by a nose. Uh, I have to probe there because you know. Charlie, you have played with both of these guys, and let's pretend it's out of season. 
Who do you enjoy playing yeah. with more? Who makes it easier? Give me some I mean, pros they, and cons. They have, For sure. they have different game styles. I think if I'm just going to have fun with someone, it might be Dave just because he smacks the serve down a bit more. Oh, just get some yeah. easy, easier points. But <laughs> That's undeniable. But, but Fleece, you know, Fleece is an absolute ninja around the net. So, <laughs> so I don't know. My, my service games might be a little bit easier with Fleece, but... Dave's serves games. Dave's serves games are gonna be way easier. So I don't know. It's a toss up there. I'm not gonna decide in front of them. That, that's like uh, me and that's like me and Gruskin. It's I, I just bombs him serves and he just takes care of it at the net and then we absolutely struggle on his serve. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so false, dude. It is the easiest thing. You're my favorite doubles player. It is the easiest thing in the world. All right, Fliegner, one more doubles question for you. Max and I, and this is prime me, not out of my you know retired me. Uh, Max okay. and I play Charlie and Dave. What's the score? Oh, God. I mean, well, are we assuming peak performance from both teams? Yes, peak performance yeah. from both teams. Well, from me and I, Max, I, at least. I'd like to think you guys would hold... I'd like to think you guys would hold once on Rothman's serve. That's um, it? Dude, we're breaking one of you. We're breaking Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's there's no way. You guys are not breaking Dave, and then... The only way you break Charlie is if he gets really tight on his forehand on on four Dude, points in a row. Dave's going to end up playing two back. Max is going to hit him with one forehand, and then Charlie's <laughs> falling apart. We lose two and one. I want to think two. I'm uh, holding most of my yeah, service Max, can hold, you're going to get hit by something on my service. Like, I'm going <laughs> to second I'm going to get pegged. But we'll play I form. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, no, that's even worse. Yeah, that's way easier that's, to get pegged. It's way I-form. easier to get pegged on iPhone. Oh, that's the way you guys play it, maybe. Not the well, way we do. yeah. I think the only way to settle this is for this to actually happen. Post the regional, we'll play. All right, well, get your asses up to Dartmouth. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Um, all right, so we'll move on then to our next one. Who is the best on the team to go to dinner with? Uh, probably Paul. Oh, Paul. Yeah, definitely, definitely Paul. He's just always for the banter. Yeah, always. Um, He's just for the boys. Yeah. It's a lot of group think. I'm trying to get some different answers. A lot of group think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I think he just stands out. I don't know what He to say. stands out, yeah. Charlie, right. what about you? What about you? Uh, yeah, I'd probably say Paul. I mean, being, <laughs> be, being a countryman, yeah, we have, we have some good banter, for sure. We uh, have some good banter. Some yeah. good banter, mate. <laughs> we yeah, just titled the episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good banter yeah i take good that good banter mate yeah um, good banter mate yeah all right well what, what about go- everyone else sucks <laughs> everyone yeah everyone yeah. else sucks <laughs> yeah all right does this this might be similar but what about for who's the best to go out with oh, oh. i'm gonna i'm gonna say oh, dave yeah, on that i'm yeah, gonna yeah, say dave there he's oh, well actually though let's go. i have to say chiro is hilarious when he's oh drunk, that's true. oh we'll quack that yeah. yeah, yeah, Chiro. No, no, Chiro's 21. It's fine. No, uh, Chiro's we're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chiro's hilarious. Yeah. Um, who else? I don't know. Casey's ridiculous. Casey's funny. Um, Gil. Gil. Who goes and gets the Reese's? <laughs> we don't do that at Yeah, Dartmouth. Alex, I don't know if you've heard, oh. but we live in Hanover, uh, not we Hanover. Don't, we so. don't have Reese's in Hanover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We have mozzarella sticks. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. All right, one more for you guys, and then we'll let you go. Who is the cheapest member of the Dartmouth men's tennis team? That's so obvious. Wait, cheapest? cheapest. Definitely Chiro. Chiro, oh my. Chiro, Chiro will, if you eat two pieces of pizza, charge you twelve dollars <laughs> for pizza. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I know from personal yeah, experience. Yeah, personal experience. <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, None. nobody. I can say I, I can say confidently that most people on our team are pretty reasonable with their finances, except for Chiro. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Charlie, again, I feel like some of these times, Charlie, you're thinking the answer is you. And you want to be like, well, it's no, me. <laughs> but you just don't say it. No, I, I definitely cheer. I, I also yeah. buy these guys. Yeah, echo that. Yeah, for sure. No question. Oh, I like it. Well, we want to thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Uh, again, I've been bothering Max about this for a long time. And so, Fligner, thank you for setting this up. And Charlie, Dave, you know, anytime you guys want to come on, you're more than welcome. Oh, thanks, yeah, guys. Thank thanks. you, guys. This was fun. Yeah, great. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it, boys. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we want to wish the entire Dartmouth men's tennis team luck during the 2018 season. Obviously, uh, we'll be following along on our Twitter account, and we'd ask you, the listener, go follow us on Twitter. Uh, like the podcast. Subscribe. Rate it. You know, we don't have time for the four stars, only five stars. And, uh, you know, leave us a little joke in the review, and we'll mention it on the next podcast. Uh, but so for myself, Alex Gruskin, for my co-host, Max Rothman, for our super producer and guest today, Max Fliegner, and for Dartmouth Men's Tennis's Dave Horneffer and Charlie Broom, we say to you, hey, great, great shot. shot. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys. Shot Production.